Good morning. This is Martin Uncut, episode 136. Today's date is the 25th of May 2022. And today's episode is creating an offsite NAS backup. So today I am continuing the story I talked about on this Monday, where I talked about the NAS upgrade and some other things I did. And today I'm also doing a test. I'm actually gonna try to record this and publish this on YouTube as well. But there is no uh, promises around that. So if you go to YouTube after this has been released, you may find it or you may not find it depending on if it worked or didn't work. So NAS then. A NAS is a fantastic thing to have and you really don't need to worry anymore about running out of space because it's super, super cheap. And if you get close to running out of disk space, you just go to your favorite hardware store and you buy a new drive. And storage is fantastically cheap these days and it's probably just going to be cheaper and cheaper as time goes by. And when I say cheaper, I mean the price per megabyte or I should probably say the price per terabyte because that is the sizes or the amounts of storage we are talking about today. So um, it's not however just what we say in Sweden gold and green forests and what that really means it's like it's not like the land of what's this called like milk and honey maybe land of milk and honey. Uh, You also need to keep track of all your data and make sure it's safe and secure because you don't want to lose it, right? And best practices around data is that that you actually back the data up and you back the data up offshore. So I have my NAS, my 1821 plus, I think it's called, in the office. And I can get to my NAS from anywhere because I have a VPN connection set up between the office and my home. So that's just there. I don't need to worry about it. But if I'm out and about, I can always use my Road Warrior VPN and connect back into my local network and actually get access to my NAS. So it's always there and available for me. And that works really well. My NAS is hooked up with uh, four four terabyte drives and that uh, means um, that I have plenty of space. Um, Currently I use one terabyte or one and a half terabyte something like that but since I'm running my NAS in a RAID configuration and it's called SHR, it's uh, means Synology Hybrid RAID, I get around 10 terabytes from these 16 total terabytes that I can actually use. And that is actually good enough for me. I don't need that much yet. But when I need more data, I can just put four more drives into my unit. Um, But of course, I need to back this data up because if my whatever happens, I mean, the NAS can die. As it is now, one drive can die, but my NAS will still be there up running and my data will be safe. But the office can burn down or there can be a burglary. Someone can crack a window, go inside and steal my NAS. And if I don't have the data somewhere else, the data will be gone. So, of course, I need to back this up off-site. I need to move the data to a different location. And the approach that I and my good friend Michael actually did is that we 
fixed another Synology. Or Michael actually had, this is crazy, we had just had our, our NAS laying around. So Michael had a 920 plus, I think it's called. It's very similar to the one I have, uh, but it just have four base inside. And he just have that over. But uh, we didn't have any disks, so I went online and I bought three 16 terabytes of data. And that is like so much. Um, it's crazy much data. Um, because Michael has the similar amount of, of storage like I have. So in this NAS that we just had over, we now have uh, 28 terabyte uh, of drive space after the drive is set up in SHR RAID. And that is plenty. And what we're going to use this other NAS for, it's just to house our backups. So we're going to back our NASs over the network to this third backup NAS. And uh, that means that we can actually have multiple disk failures. I can have multiple disk failures at my NAS in the office and still have failures in the backup NAS and the data will still be safe. I can have someone, you know, breaking into my office, stealing my NAS so the house can burn down. I will still have my data saved somewhere else. And that is, is really nice. And the interesting thing here is that uh, you can do this is in many different ways, uh, of course. But since I have a VPN network set up, I can easily just back up through the tunnel. And we don't want to expose this data over the network. Uh, so we have actually set up VPNs between us. So Michael can connect to, to me and <laughs> I can connect to Michael and we can back over up over these VPN networks. So we have a private network that is, is safe and secure, but connected over the public internet. So uh, we, uh, we then set this up. So I have this third Synology set up somewhere uh, that is not in my office. And we both connect to it and we use a tool in the Synology tool chain that is called Synology Hybrid Backup. And that is a small application that runs inside the NAS because the NASes are really powerful. It's actually small servers today. So we can install software into these servers or into the NAS. And we opted to use hybrid backup or hybrid hyper backup because hyper backup is from Synology and it's quite well used actually. So in the office, I have this hyper backup running. And what it does, it's actually a client that is then connecting to the server side. And the server side is then the backup server. Hyper backup is super, super easy to set up. So essentially, you just start it on the NAS and then you choose where you want to back it up. Uh, so I chose the, the backup NAS then and then I log in using uh, the Synology login. It looks really like OAuth 2, but I'm not sure it is OAuth 2, but it's something. So I log in with my credentials on the backup NAS. And when I had done that, I choose, okay, where do I want to store my backup? So I can choose a, a, a shared folder and I can name my backup something. The next step is I can determine when and how often my backup should run and how much backup in the history it should save. And that will, of course, impact how much final disk space this will take. Synology Hyper Backup is also using 
something called delta. That means that it will not back up the same data over and over and over again. It will only back up data if something is changed. That means that it will only it will essentially transfer less data over the network, and that is is good. And the other step you do here is also that you can tell Hyper Backup to encrypt the data on the client side. So before I send my data over the wire into the uh, the backup NAS, the data is actually encrypted. So when it lands on the other NAS, it's encrypted and I am the only one that can have access to it. So I've set all that up and started it and data is just flowing over the, the network into this NAS. If I now go into the backup NAS, I run something here called Hyper Backup Vault, which is another application. And that is, I mean, there is no configuration to this. You just install it and it's there. So then you get access to to a folder on the NAS depending on your your normal user settings. And that's what I, I logged into. And the interesting thing here is that both me and Michael, we have access to the, the backup NAS. That means that we are both admins here. We can see all the data that's on the backup. That means that Michael can see my backup and I can see Michael's backup. But since we are doing this client-sided encryption, uh, I can feel safe and Michael can feel safe that his backup is safe. I can't look into his backup. And Michael can't see mine because he doesn't have my backup key. And that, that means essentially if you have a NAS, a, a, a Synology NAS, and you have a friend having a Synology NAS, you can actually back up each other's data to each other by using this, this methodology or this technique and you will your data will be safe. So I think that is a, a fantastic thing to do. So what is then up next up with, with this solution? Yeah, so uh, my biggest problem here is um, speed. It takes a little bit too long time for me to back up all my data at the moment. And it's really uh, down to the network setup. And in the office, I have a shared internet connection. And for whatever reason, they are actually limiting me. So uh, when I set this up first, uh, I got, I think, around 300 megabits per second. And that would be okay, right, Uh, over the backup. But after like two minutes, my connection just tore down. I got so much packet loss, so my VPNs dropped. And a few minutes later, the VPNs got up and two, 300 megabits again for a few minutes, and then it broke down. So they are limiting me. And that meant that I had to shape or limit the connection on, on my side between essentially my NAS and the backup NAS. And uh, that is not optimal. Uh, right now I'm running at 35 megabit per second, and that is way too slow. It data comes over, the backup's being done, and as far as I know, the backup's going to be fine, uh, but it's too slow. So I need to do something with the connection here in my office, so I need to speed that up. So that is the next thing for, for this uh, project. So essentially, I need to order a, 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 my own connection to the office, and that's that's quite uh, I mean, cost-effective to do. So... Um, I'm going to aim for a one, a gigabit, gigabit, gigabit up and gigabit down. And then I should be able to probably shoot like 800 megabits through this connection if I limit it a little bit because I don't want to, uh, when the backup runs, I still want to have capacity on both sides uh, of, of the connection. So I can still use the connection in the office and the connection where the backup NAS is. 
So that is one thing that I need to do. And the other thing is that, of course, now I need to have this backup running for maybe uh, a few weeks. And when that's done, the thing that most people actually forget when it comes to backup is to go back into their system and test their backups. So I, well, I'm i going to do uh, an experiment to actually restore data from my backup out to somewhere. So that is going to be the next step that I'm going to do quite soon. And of course, I will let you know and update how it goes uh, with all of this. But I think that's where we are ending today's episode of Martin and Cut. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, why not recommend the podcast to a friend or a colleague that is also a little bit nerdy, just like uh, like me. And tomorrow it's Thursday. And that is a public holiday in Sweden. So there will not be any episodes um, released or recorded of Martin Uncut. But I'm back in the office on Friday and I'm probably going to continue this story to talk about when me and Michael destroyed my network at home. But until that, have a fantastic few days and see you then. Bye-bye. Martin Uncut, your daily technology dose.